Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm Katie Kremitzos, your host. I'm so excited that you're here. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. You are entering this podcast during its finale, during its final couple of episodes. If you are a listener who's been listening for a while and that shocked you, please go back and listen to last week's episode that gave the full disclosure behind the scenes story as to why the Biz Women Rock podcast and the entire business is going on sabbatical after the last show launches on December 2nd of 2019. But today for this episode, I want to share with you a very special story, a very special episode that you'll be hearing today of one of my one-year private coaching clients, Nicole Cruz. And when Nicole came to me, it became apparent that she wanted to build a business so she could put herself out of business. Let me explain. Nicole is a registered dietitian, and for 10 years, she's been seeing clients one-on-one, mostly young girls and teenagers who have eating disorders or disordered eating and who want to heal their relationships with body and food. As a mom of three littles and fueled by her desire to help prevent more kids from having such challenges, she started Joyful Eating for Your Family, a brand whose mission it is to help parents teach their kids how to have healthy relationships with food. When we began working together, she had just started the private Facebook group called Joyful Eating for Your Family and had an Instagram account. Fast forward, Nicole has solidified her message and stepped into her passionate voice to help families. Her Facebook group now has over 2,000 members. Her Instagram account is followed by over 8,100 people, and over 1,200 people have subscribed to her email list. She'll release her first book in early 2020. She's creating paid-for online workshops and webinars and has plans to build out a signature course, all of these things that will help serve her community. During this conversation, Nicole shares how she's been able to step into a message that is controversial or at least seen as going against the grain and how she's dealing with it. She talks about what the process of productizing her knowledge through guides and books and webinars has actually been like. She shares the process her book has gone through from originally being the first paid product she would offer to it being her what I'm going to call sugar manifesto that is branding her as the expert and what big positioning shifts she's gone through there. And she also shares what negative self-beliefs have come up for her along the way and the mindset shifts that she's had to have in order to keep going. I have no doubt that you will be super inspired by Nicole. So let's get into our conversation. All right, Nicole, I want to start with the heart of the question, which is why was it so important for you to take this portion of your business, the joyful eating for your family, the thing that you had sort of been delving around in and experimenting with, why was it so important for you to finally step into that and decide to take it seriously as a business? Yeah, it's interesting because it's multifaceted. On one hand, like I have my own three kids now. And so I have been with them, with other parents and just in it, experiencing the things that other parents do and say to their children and sometimes seemingly harmless and with the best of intentions, but 
me knowing that I tend to see the other side of it later on when they develop disordered eating patterns and have fear of food or are binge eating and just have their own food struggles. And so one was to kind of have that prevention so that they don't end up in my office later down the line. Two, because I just want to shift that whole culture and the way that we think about food. And the other piece of it is personally, like for my family, really knowing that I wanted to do something different for myself with my business as well because my kids are getting older and things are shifting and I don't always want to be tied to the same client hours. I want to be able to reach more people at different hours of the day and kind of on my own time as well. So when you have that realization, had all those realizations and the culmination of all that, that's when you got on the phone with me and you said, I think I'm interested in this when you're coaching <laughs> program. And you were like, I know it's what I need, but I don't know. What was it? about our conversation that you said, yes, I'm going to do this. It's kind of funny because I, I think like going into it, I was almost committed already. Like I really knew that I needed something and that I needed to get more focused. Also, I felt like I was kind of just running in circles and doing lots of different things, but not clear on like what I really needed to do. Primarily because of my family. I didn't want to keep doing that and doing that and doing that without really clear and focused intentions. Like if I was going to be taking time away for my children to be working on my business, I wanted it to be like clear and focused and to really feel like I had purpose and intention behind it. And so part of it was that. And then, you know, I had just, I had listened to your podcast and I related to you so much that I just needed that final kind of permission to say like, yes, I I can do this. You know, I, I knew I wanted to work with you. It was just kind of, yeah, just getting clear on that and needing that permission to be able to do it. Nicole, what really has struck me from the beginning, but in all along this way is that you do things even when you're very aware that you're terrified of doing it. Even when that fear is really overwhelming. I recall you saying to me in the beginning, like, I know that this is going to be scary because everything that I'm about to step into here, and I'm paraphrasing, but everything that I'm about to step into here is not the norm. Mm-hmm. And what you're teaching there, and, and I, I want to give you a second to just describe what that is, but you knew stepping into it and the joyful eating for your family and that brand and everything that you were going to be saying underneath that brand was going to be a little controversial. So talk to us about what it is, like what is joyful eating for your family and tell us what the message is there, what's the mission there And ultimately, how have you dealt with the fact that the brand is, I'm using air quotes, controversial and and kind of against the norm of what we know about food and kids? So Joyful Eating for Your Family is really about helping children create a healthy relationship with food. And so I always talk about that as really being the foundation of it and that it's about the process of feeding as opposed to the food that our children are actually consuming, that we can't fully control that. And it's not our job to actually control that. Our job is to be responsible for what we're putting out there, when we're putting it out, the language that we use around food, all of these things to basically keep food more joyful and less fear-based and less in this kind of health paradigm of healthy and unhealthy and good and bad that I see be so incredibly damaging for the long term. And really not working. (laughs) Like it's not working for the things that we're trying to do. You know, we say, oh, we have problems with children gaining weight or not eating enough vegetables and all these things. But actually 
what we're doing is just perpetuating that problem by creating so much fear and energy around food and strict limits. And then kids are sneaking food or don't want to touch vegetables because there's so much pressure and all of these things. So my goal is to really kind of shift the way that we're looking at food and the way that we're looking at feeding to start building on that healthy relationship with food so that the nutrition can come later. That mm. you know they have a lifetime to eat. I always say we're feeding for the future. Like they have a lifetime to eat food, you know, and and these little bites of broccoli that we're putting pressure on just aren't that important for right now without that foundation of having the healthy relationship with food first. And to dive in deeper so that you understand, and, I, and I'll talk about it in a second why this is so personally touching for me. You know, it, it's really about if you've ever heard the term intuitive eating or mindful eating, I know you have educated me on the fact that those are two different things, but you know, the idea of like listening to your body and what does your body actually need? Many of us have either had to relearn that as adults or don't know it still or still trying yeah. to figure it out. And so what you're trying to do and what you're doing so beautifully is educating parents on how to instill those intuitive eating mannerisms and actions within their kids. That's a big why, girl. That is a big <laughs> thing. And when you and I first talked, I think I may have begged you to work with me. <laughs> I think I may have said like, I have to work with you because mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I have shared this over the years, but I don't know how publicly I've gone on about it, but I had an eating disorder in my mid to late twenties and it was nasty. It was horrific. And believe me, I've let go of all sorts of blame that I used to have prior to that for, you know, my parents were doing this way and having this family culture, whatever, that ain't it. But I was so personally attached to what you were doing because I saw it as revolutionary. And being a mom myself, being a mom of girls, like how can I make sure that they sidestep all the that yucky body shame and negative relationship with food so that they can get to this place where I feel like I am right now, which is having transcended so much of that very, with so much work, oh my gosh, and however many 12-step programs so that I could have a very, what I consider a very beautiful relationship with food and body that's constantly evolving. But how can I ensure that my girls don't have to go through that or learn that in not such a harsh way? So I love the message that you're putting out there and And it's a really challenging one. Let's start a little bit with how you have evolved in how you're bringing that message and how you're building out that business. And I want to stop. I know I said this in the intro, but you have a brick and mortar practice that you've been doing for many years. And so this was your way of being able to say, hey, I want to get myself out of a job, basically. Those are my words, not yours. And so this was what you really knew you needed to focus on it in the space of like a digital business and a way to reach more people through that. So talk to me a little bit about what you have done. What steps have we done together in order to to take those steps into creating a business model out of Joyful Eating for your family? Yeah. So I mean, we could... To start to, I know when we talked about, you know, things from the get-go, we were kind of looking at the dynamic between the two pieces of my business and how is this going to fall? Because I do have this brick and mortar practice where I see clients one-on-one in the office and I've been doing that for over 10 years and I specialize in eating disorder treatment and recovery. And so, you know, I have that piece there and that's going great. And 
I don't want to work in my office any more hours seeing clients one-on-one because of the scheduling with my children and just the intensity and how much I give to those clients and that they give to me too. But it's a lot of energy and intensity and even outside of office hours. And so I wanted to be able to show up fully for those clients as much as I could and then also have this other piece over here. And so the one thing that we did um, that we started working together with was to be able to expand that brick and mortar practice a little bit by bringing on somebody else to work in my office to be able to still serve more clients in my community and have that piece while then I could focus a little bit more on the joyful eating for your family part. So that was the brick and mortar piece. And then on the joyful eating for your family, you know, when I am trying to think of exactly where I was at, but I know that when we started talking, I had already started the private Facebook group, Joyful Eating for Your Family is literally the name of it. And so I had that going and I don't think though there was, I mean, I had my Instagram account going, but there wasn't much else actually happening. I was just starting to put out messaging, wanting to grow a community, wanting to kind of start, you know, spreading that different message. And Katie, that goes back to, to what you were saying, you know, just a minute ago about that intuitive eating piece. And I think it's so important to really realize that our children are born with this capability to eat intuitively. Like that's our, um, there's Christy Harrison. She's a podcaster. She has the podcast food psych and she's writing a book and she's just wonderful in this whole field. But she always says that's our default. That's like the default mechanism is intuitive eating. So that's what we were born with. And so we're really trying to keep that intact as much as possible. And it's really hard because we can't 100% prevent eating disorders or disordered eating. Like this world right now is fraught with all of this diet messaging and our kids are going to hear it. They hear it within the school system. They hear it from their friends and parents really, really young. So my goal was just to kind of start putting this message out there so that at least in our homes, we could start to shift that language and the way that we're talking about it and to have open conversations about it with our children when they come in saying, oh, this happened at school and they said this was healthy or unhealthy. And we can kind of break that down and talk about our family values and beliefs around food and you know, not be the one pulling the cupcake out of their hand at the birthday party, making them feel guilt and shame for wanting to eat it, like that we could shift that within our own families. And so I really was just kind of starting to put that message out and not knowing where to go. I was doing some blogging. I was doing the Facebook group. I had the Instagram account and I was just kind of like, I don't know where this is going, but (laughs) I need to do something with this. And so I want to walk people through some of the process that we did back then, because I think it's really helpful if you find yourself in this space too, where you're sort of like, I know I kind of want to put a message out, but I just don't know exactly how or what to do. Where we started was really dissecting what those FAQs were. Like, Nicole, people come to you and ask you questions about A, B, and C all the time. What are the most frequent questions that you get? And then that led us down to, well, I'm always asked the question about sugar, like my kid is a, has a sweet tooth. How do I deal with sugar? Mm-hmm. I don't want my kid to be eating too much sugar. How do I manage that? And then vegetables. How do I get my kid to eat the vegetables? So there were like three or four kind of like FAQs that people were always asking you about. And what we decided to do very strategically was let's build a freebie around one of those. We decided upon mm-hmm. sugar. You were like, okay, that really by far is the one that people are yeah. always asking about. And let's just experiment and see what that freebie does. And if people opt in for this freebie, it tells us something, right? It tells us that, yes, people are interested and I have more to say here. And I want to just fast forward through this. We then created 
it's definitely you. Please don't let me be a part of that. <laughs> you created this because you worked very hard on these. With lots of help and support. Oh, and, but you were the one who put these together. You created a second downloadable, free downloadable. And that now led us led you to writing a book all about sugar and your philosophy about sugar. And so we constantly decided to stay focused on that particular topic because it, you were getting so much feedback. But I, what I want to know is from a business perspective, what was that like for you to officially put something out there for free and the process of putting it together and what should be in here? Like, how do I, what I like to say is productize my knowledge. How do I productize my knowledge and my belief systems here so that it's valuable for other people? What has this process thus far been like for you to create that stuff? Well, I think it's been a new process for me just because I'm so used to working, you know, so much with clients one-on-one. And I feel like my kind of nature in this work is to be very fluid and flexible and intuitive with what they're needing at any moment. And so this was like a shift for me to be like, this is the way you do it. Or, you know, I'm putting these things down without having somebody right there to be able to go, but what about this? And then me to be able to talk back through it with them. Like that was a hard shift for me to kind of come up with more concrete things. So with your help, it was a lot of kind of looking at, like you had said, what is it that those questions that are you're always getting asked? So I had to keep going back to yeah, what happens in this session with a client? What happens in this session with the client? So I think my work with individual clients is what helps so much with being able to figure out what people really need because I can really go, yes, this is the questions that they're asking or or even just talking with my friends or whatever about their kids and stuff. It was like, I was able to say, what would I say to this person? What would I say to this person? And be able to kind of put that together to be a product. And then, you know, it's been vulnerable to be honest, like to put that all out there. It's been hard. And that's what I told you from day one that I was willing to do because I know that people need to do this work. And I feel fortunate that there is a community around this. Like it's small, it's growing, but there's other people that are doing this work in lots of different ways and forms. And so I also feel fortunate that I have that community that, you know, a lot of it is virtual with professionals and other professionals and stuff that I'm able to kind of lean on and go, yes, I still know. I still know in my heart of hearts, this is the right thing. And because I see it with my clients and I see the success that they have, I see the shifts that they make and how rewarding that is. So I've been able to kind of be vulnerable in that sense and take the people saying like, (laughs) essentially like, you're crazy. This is horrible messaging. This is horrible advice. What are you doing? Look at the, I don't like using this word, but I'm going to say the obesity epidemic, like all of these things around it, you know, you're just creating more issues, all of this stuff. And so I've had to do that soul searching to know like, yes, this is still the right thing. And I know that this is the message that needs to be put out there. And I've talked to, you know, my own struggle with my own eating disorder was really tough, like you said, for you. And so I know how uncomfortable that process was to do something different, to do recovery. And that's what I've always gone back to is like, I know how to be uncomfortable. Like it doesn't always feel good. (laughs) I don't love it, but I know that growth takes discomfort. And I've seen that with my own kind of journey in terms of my my eating and my relationship with food. And I see it with this business, knowing like I want to grow both individually. I know this is work for me and for my family. And I want to be able to help more and more people. And that's going to take some discomfort and me getting out of my shell and being willing to kind of sit in that 
that muck of it for, for a bit. And, and, um, I know I always talk about different levels, you know, it's like, okay, now I'm comfortable here and now I'm going to do something else. And then it's going to be a little uncomfortable again, but it's like just going back to that and knowing it's, it's a process, it's a phase. And what I always tell my clients too, this work, it's so parallel in so many ways is like, I can tolerate it, you know, and you can tolerate it. And it's really learning that you can, that you can sit through it and come out on the other side. And not that it's like a, a one-time thing and now you're on the other side of it, but but that you come through it and then you feel that growth and you know that you've made changes and shifts. And then, yeah, there'll be more again, you know, things might calm down for a bit and then there's more again, but it's always being able to look back and go, oh yeah, I did that step. Oh yeah, I did that step. And then each one just kind of builds upon itself. And then you're like, oh, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, yes. where's this? Where did this come from? But all of a um, sudden, you're about to author a book. Like all of a sudden, poof, just like that, right? So, <laughs> um, say so that everyone knows what are the names of those two free downloadables that you created around sugar. Sure. So the first one that I did was my kid has a sweet tooth. What do I do? I'm trying to remember the exact subtitle, but it was like five easy ways to help your child create a healthy relationship with sugar, something along those lines. So that was the first one. And it's like these five kind of simple things that you can do in your home in terms of language, the when you offer dessert, how that happens. And then we built off of that one and said, okay, what do people need next? And that one is called Sugar Scenarios. Yes. And it's so like... Good. <laughs> It's, it's literally like, what do I say now? My yes. kid just asked me for a second helping. What do I say? Because like those the were the questions. You were, yeah, those were the questions that you were getting over and over. Okay, Nicole, my kid just wants ice cream and not dinner. What do I say? Yeah, oh, I think that's what this work, that's like, and this is why I think that the one-on-one -on -one coaching for parents is also so helpful is because it's like I have two groups of people kind of that I tend to serve and some of them are pretty well-versed on intuitive eating, on another term that we use a lot is called the division of responsibility by Ellen Satter. And that's in terms of, you know, who's responsible for what in terms of the feeding, like you're responsible for providing the food and the when and the where, and um, the kid is responsible for what they eat. So we're not dictating exact portions or exactly what they have to eat, just putting the food out for them to decide. And so with that, they have these people that are pretty well-versed in those things, the intuitive eating and the division of responsibility, but it still is the application. Like, okay, what do I do now when my kid says exactly this? And then there's these other people that are just kind of dipping their toes in going, I know what I'm doing isn't working, but I don't know yeah. what else to do. And yes. so then that's some education on the overall philosophy as well. And then still needing the practical. So that sugar scenarios was taking it one step further and saying, look at you're at the birthday party and there's a bunch of sugar, or my kid is saying, I want more dessert, whatever the scenario is now what options do I have for what do I say and what do I do in this moment? And it, it lists a few different options because there's not always one exact right way to feed. It depends on your kid. It depends on the situation. It depends on how you're feeling. There's different things. So it's just a few different options on what you might say in that moment and, and what you might do. So as of this point, you have about 2,000 people in your private Facebook group. You have about 8,100 people who are following you on Instagram. After these freebies, how many folks do you now have on your email list? I think um, it's around 1,200 or so. Yeah, from zero. <laughs> yeah, and that's starting from zero. So that's obviously with this messaging, this very targeted messaging, people who are interested in all of this. So that is immense progress. And you know, part of our progression of working together is like, okay, how are we making a business model out of that? I.e., how are you driving in revenue? What sort of products do you have to be able to support revenue? Or services do you have to be able to support revenue? So that has been happening 
happening slowly but surely. I mentioned the book. When we first talked about the book, and I want to share with everyone about this because as a strategy, as a growth strategy from sort of like, I've got something to, okay, I'm making it into this thing. You know, we had originally conceptualized the idea of a book because there was so much feedback, positive feedback about the sugar freebies that people wanted more. And we were like, okay, I think this is your time to like actually have a book, have a paid book, have a paid product and move forward with that. What has that process been like for you? And where has it evolved to? Sure. So we talked about it being a paid product and didn't really know exactly what that would be, but it was kind of like, okay, let's just take it and outline it and start working on it, you know, and see what kind of starts happening. And so I started working on it thinking it would just, I don't know, maybe even be a downloadable, maybe be something in print, wasn't sure, but just let's look at the bigger picture and include more, more philosophy, more practical stuff, like just build out on this even more so that people really understand the philosophy and understand what to do in situations. And so I started kind of breaking it down and writing chapters and it's been hard in terms of I'm used to like, you know, writing writing Instagram captions and posts on Facebook and getting on Facebook lives and doing those things. Yet this, I was suddenly like taking more seriously. And so it felt like a little tough at at first to even get started. Like, I I want this to be good if someone's going to pay for it. Like everything else I've just kind of been putting out there. And so I do think that got me a little bit stuck at first in wanting to perfect it. And I wasn't able to get the content out in the way that I wanted because I was worried about how it was going to end up looking. And so I kind of had to get over that hump and actually go back through and start looking at my Instagram captions and that stuff and just start writing, just start writing like I would for anything. And then knowing I could go back and and edit it and refine it and do all of that. But I just had to really get the messaging out and the content out. And so I did. I just kind of started writing chapter by chapter. And as it started to evolve, I was looking at it and thinking, (laughs) it's interesting because part of me was thinking, oh, this is really good. You know, this is really good. This is going to help so many people. Wow. Like, where did that come from? You said that amazing or like whatever. Like I was looking back over and like, this is good. And then the other part of me was like, this is complete crap. No (laughs) one's going to pay for this. What am I doing? Like, I'm going to put this out and people are going to be like, who does she think she is? And oh my gosh, I've had so much. And I still, I mean, it's not, you know, even published. I have so much going back and forth between those things. I'll read a section and think this is great. And I'll read the next section and go, what the heck am I talking about? And that doesn't flow or people are, are they're going to miss the bigger picture? Did I ever even, am I missing the forest for the trees? Like what's happening here? Like all of this immense <laughs> um, self-doubt and, and fear around what other people will read, that it's going to be printed. And then I'm going to look at it and see, like everything that I could have done better and different. Like, yeah. So it's been a real kind of back and forth struggle and in wanting to do and wanting to get it out and really wanting it to serve. And so wanting it to be good, like not wanting to have people looking at it and going, well, okay, I kind of get this, but I don't feel like it's explained. And then it's this and that. And then create that doubt for them as well. And so really knowing that I want to put it out and feel like people can resonate with it and that it's it's helpful and that it's serving them. And so, you know, I'm still in the process of editing it and everything and and trying to solidify some things. But yeah, it's just been kind of an overall struggle <laughs> and a good one. Well, and from the perspective of a business model, like, okay, it went from 
hey, this could be the first paid product. Like, you know, I I don't know how much that would be. Let's just say somewhere between 10 and 30 bucks, right? That could be an easy way for people to give you something other than their email address to say, yes, I value what you have. But what it's turning out to be is really your manifesto and something that is part of branding you as this expert. And you've seen that as you've been writing it. And, and as I've, I have been reading it going, oh my God, this is amazing. Yes, because <laughs> it is. And using that as an entryway into what I'm about to ask, what evolution or challenges have you gone through or had to go through mentally, spiritually, mindset-wise, confidence-wise in order to be in this process? What has come up for you and what have you had to walk through? I think part of it is what I was kind of just saying a minute ago a little bit is that kind of who do you think you are to be doing this? And and that's been a big piece for me. Like, you know, here I am. I'm I'm just this is what my brain tells me, right? I'm I'm just a mom raising these kids. Yeah, I've had this career, but I don't know everything and every family's different. And there's so many other people that are probably more qualified than me to do this. And so who do you think you are? And having to really kind of we've talked about meditating on that and kind Kind of hearing it, and this is what I talk to my clients about all the time anyways, is taking action anyways, like saying, yes, I hear that and I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep doing it. And sometimes feeling a little bit stalled with it or unsure, but just continuing to know like, that's okay. Like I felt this before in other areas. It is what it is and I'm just going to keep moving. And so having to kind of just continue moving forward, even when all of that messaging came up for me. But I think that's the biggest one is like, who do you think you are? Also the money piece to feel like putting money into a book that's going to be a paid product. And then if people buy it and then I'm no longer like directly working on it or something to be able to receive that and to say like, okay, it's okay to, you know, have money coming in when I'm not directly working with this person or whatever it is. So to step into some of that like money mindset stuff as well and what that looks like for me. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. What other opportunities have come up for you as you've been on this path and as you've been intentionally putting your, your heart, your soul, your attention into really evolving this business and building this business? What other opportunities have come up for you? Well, I have done a little bit of like speaking or presentations, not paid yet, um, but just to reach more people and to get out there and basically like practice doing it more. I have also now... I'm starting to work on doing webinars. I want to move into that space and I have one lined up for, you know, February that's already set with with a private group that I'm going to do, but I also want to build on that myself for my business. And then another thing that I've I've done all along but I've been shifting how to do it is taking on my own like coaching clients and so I've always had kind of my own client, you know, in the office and then I was starting to do a little bit of virtual work and I've always seen clients throughout my whole practice I've seen parents as well and helped them with, you know, issues with their children but now I'm focusing even more on it and offering that virtually for people. I call it like parent nutrition coaching and I've kind of built some packages out around that as well as working with clients individually doing intuitive eating coaching for them. So I've built some more packages out around that where people can book a, you know, a three month or a six month package to work with me and get so many sessions and really work again on those practical aspects of how to feed their children or how to work on their own intuitive eating journey. So, so brilliant. Where do you see this going right now? 
you know, however many months now into this process of building this out, having things come to fruition, watching as you mold this business and this message that you want to bring out into the world through this business, what do you now see? What do you really hope to create? So what I kind of see as the next steps is continuing to have this community. I'm so grateful actually for all of the people in our Facebook community currently because they support each other and talk through issues and what works for them. And they educate people that are new as well as asking questions and supporting each other on kind of the day-to-day stuff and how they handle food in their family. So I want to just continue to grow that community and nurture that community. And then I'm planning to self-publish this book. So I'm working on that right now. So I want to get this book out into the world. Like I said, I want to start working on webinars so that I can have kind of, we were talking about more people in the same room showing up at once so that I can be there to serve more people all at once and do it, you know, like on different hours or different times that might fit for different people and for myself and my family as well. So and do more live webinars and then ultimately also create a course that has kind of all of these different facets of family feeding, including the things we were talking about in the beginning, you know, like how to handle sugar and how to handle vegetables and what if, you know, how to handle just basic structure for meals and snacks and the actual feeding, like day-to-day feeding stuff, you know, and just kind of put that into a course with these multiple different modules as well. So those are kind of the next things that I see on the horizon. I love it. And I love seeing how close you are to all of those things. I love, love, love that. Nicole, it continues to be an honor to work with you on a regular basis. I have loved it. I am like a proud mama bear as I talk about you. I've incorporated so many of your teachings into our own family. As a matter of fact, I haven't had a chance to tell you this yet, but I actually, I have to have a conversation with Sedona's teacher because one of the things that Nicole teaches, which makes so much sense is basically, you know, putting out the meal and having all the pieces of the meal on the plate, including dessert. Uh, that was a big one for me to be like, what? You don't like, you know, give dessert as a treat afterwards? She's like, no, like it's the same as all food. And then you let the kids pick. So dessert's on the plate too. And, you know, Sedona gets a chance to, what, I always say it's dessert with dinner. Now she knows, mom, can I have dessert with dinner? Yes, you may. Like that's part of the meal, right? And so it's great. Sometimes she eats her dessert first. Sometimes she doesn't touch it until an hour later. So she came home from school yesterday telling me that her teacher didn't let her have the quote unquote dessert. And I was like, oh boy, okay, <laughs> we're going to have to have this conversation. <laughs> I know. And once you kind of know it, it's there. Like I keep having people go, I heard you talk about that, but it hasn't happened. And then it just happened to me. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's there. And that's why I say there's so much that we can do that we really have to advocate for our children and our philosophy. And there there are certain rules at schools and things, you know, some schools say that they can't have candy or they can't do things. So there are things that we, they're just school rules and that's the way it is and that's okay. And then there's other times when it's people kind of putting their own influence into their beliefs that may not line up with ours, but they're not a school policy or anything. And then we can talk about our own families, you know, values around that. And, and yeah, the whole point of that is to have food neutrality and it's just not that big of a deal. And I I keep loving this time of year because so many parents get anxiety yet. I am getting so many messages back from parents saying, this is the best Halloween we've had yet. Mm, Like we enjoyed it more. It was just not that big of a deal. The kids seem less to care about candy less than they ever have. You know, it's all just neutralizing it and people are 
feeling that. And that's why it's called joyful eating for your family, right? Because yes. we're, we're trying to really bring that joy back to food instead of it being negative and anxiety. Charge. So much pressure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. So. Uh, I honor the work that you're doing in this world. It, it lights me up. It, it makes me excited to continue transitioning and transcending how I can feel like I'm making an impact on my girls, on my little girls in this next generation of girls and bodies and food. And I really, it feels incredibly empowering the knowledge that you have shared with me and the knowledge you share with other other parents out there so that I don't have to just hope, right? I just don't have to like, oh, hope you don't ever have to go through this, right? Hope you have a good body image. <laughs> hope you don't feel addicted to sugar. You know, like I don't feel hope. I feel totally empowered to take my beliefs about intuitive eating and my ability to do that now after so much crap and, and, and feel really empowered that I have some tools that I hadn't known before that I can now give to my girls. So thank you for that. And thank you for the work that you're doing in this world. And thank you so much for sharing about all the behind the scenes of what's been going on. So it's been really, really such a privilege to be a part of it. Well, thank you. It's been a privilege to be working with you. And I'm honored that I get to just soak up all of your knowledge. And I just love whenever I'm like, I don't know what to do here. And you're like, this is what we do. Like, <laughs> this is what we do. Like you have that straightforward, just like you can see through all of my confusion and just give me direction. And, and that's what I've needed. And you're brilliant. You are absolutely brilliant at it. And I have loved working with you. I love you, girl. Love you. 